Welcome to the Play Big Brand Bowl podcast, episode 15. Welcome to the Play Big Brand Bold podcast, inspiring you to play a bigger game, brand bolder and stand out from the crowd. Each week, we'll be talking to startup and creative professionals about all things business to help you build your big idea, brand and bottom line. Hey, hey, welcome back to the podcast. I'm Suzanne Chadwick, your host, and I love coming into your earbuds every week or every second week when uh, we have a new podcast episode. And today I am really excited to share this podcast interview with you. Now, when I say the word insurance, I know you get excited. Yes, maybe, not really. Okay. But at the end of the day, if you are a business owner, then insurance is just a must have. And I have to be honest with you, it took me a little while to get mine sorted. But when I met Louise, who is on our podcast today, she absolutely got me sorted. She explained everything to me. She has looked after me. And the more time I spend with her, uh, I'm so grateful to have her Uh, on my extended business team, the more I feel like I need to talk about this with the women in business that are in my community. And if you're listening to this, then that's you. Lucky you. But Louise has been such a great asset to my business. And I really felt like this is a conversation that needed to be had. So Louise Jones is the principal of Business Insurance for Women, BIFW, with over 15 years experience in insurance across a wide range of industries and professions Australia-wide. When asked what she likes best about her job, it's always the same answer, helping women business owners achieve a better insurance outcome for their business, closely followed by negotiating with insurers to ensure women business owners get the best value for money. BIFW is an industry leader in providing insurance and risk management solutions to women business owners with access to over 150 insurers internationally and is part of Australasia's largest general insurance broker network. Louise is a subject expert with the ANZ Institute of Insurance and Finance, and I am so pleased to have her on the podcast today. So without further ado, let's get started. Well, Louise, welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you here. Thank you. Thank you now, very much. <laughs> you're welcome. Now, business insurance is an interesting one. I took a while to get on board with my business insurance, but since working with you, uh, I feel like I've learned so much more about how I can protect my business, what I need to think about, and also just I think you've asked me a lot of questions that maybe I hadn't considered before or been aware of. So I felt like this was a really important podcast episode actually for my community mm. because the majority of them are women in business. Mm. And I think that a lot of times people don't understand business insurance and so it seems like something that they might get to or it seems a bit complicated, they'll just not do it, those mm. sorts of things. So I'm really excited about having this conversation with you because I really feel like it's going to help a lot of people to understand. Mm. Yes, totally. Um, 
the majority of people are confused about uh, business insurance and that's primarily because uh, most people don't bother to take the time to explain. Yeah. Uh, they're legal contracts um, and often they're 40 to 60 pages long and let's face it, who's got time to go through all that? And, you know, you just pick it up and you throw it away and hope that nothing ever happens. Um, but really you, you need to have a sound understanding and you need to have a broker or um, a professional that is going to guide you through it, um, that you've got a good handle on what it covers, what it doesn't cover, what conditions, what excesses um, are imposed. Um, it's all too late once the claim has occurred to find out those things then. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the great thing is that, like you said, there is so much to understand. And I am 100%, if I'm honest, not a detail-orientated person. I'm very much big picture, strategy, yeah. you know, love working with my clients on their brands, etc. And so having somebody like you as part of my team, my business mm. team, where mm. um, you can kind of be thinking about the things that maybe I am not thinking about, um, or you can advise on those things. I just think is so important, especially as I want my business to grow. I need to yeah. make sure that I'm covered in the right way for the right things. And we're going to get into some of those things yes. uh, in this podcast today. But before we do, you're a woman in business. I am. <laughs> so how did you get started and how did you start your business and why did you go into this? Well, I've been in the insurance industry for 15 plus years. Um, business insurance for women has been around um, for four years um, and that was primarily because women in business, to be honest, were just being ignored. Uh, we have uh, schemes for lots of different industry schemes. We have preferred products for the mature age, the underage, the, this industry, that profession, but there is nothing out there for women in business. Um, and I think women generally are pretty frustrated that they get a piece of paper and they say, this is it, pay the bill, and that's the end of it. Um, so what we do is we look at um, someone's risk, we look at their business, we find about all the things they're doing in it, and we look at how can we best protect that business and stop something happening for and it's not necessarily an insurance policy. That can be um, putting some strategic um, things in place to minimise any type of risks happening. Um, so we do a lot of work with clients on that. Also, as businesses scale, um, it's important to change the policies because if you uh, leave the policy with the business activities that it was when you originally took it out, it's not going to help you if you diverse into another area. So I've just had an instance now of a client that's made a major acquisition and uh, told me after the event only to find out that their policy isn't going to cover them and they just were like, oh, yeah, no problem, you know, it'll, it'll be covered. And, and I'm like, well, uh, sorry, uh, no, it's not, but don't you worry. <laughs> we'll make sure it is really quickly. Um, so, yeah, it's important as your business grows to make sure that um, you keep your insurance provider updated it's not necessarily going to mean your premium is going to increase but it just needs it to be fine-tuned um, yeah. a little bit so I think um, 
that had a lot to do with why I got into insurance because women are like, no one tells me anything. I never hear from anyone. I don't understand, you know. So we do a lot of our education for women. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's something that when uh, we started working together, I really valued is that there was a lot of information, but when we spoke, you summarised it so well and kind of, I think, gave me the key points that I really needed to focus on. And uh, and even the documentation that you sent through, I didn't feel it was like pages and pages and pages of jargon that I didn't understand or anything like that. So I do think that it as the market for women in business continues to grow. Mm. And, you know, I know so many women who have got huge businesses that yeah. are doing so well. Um, it is so important for, I think, us to have the conversation earlier so that we, like you said, as we grow, we take our cover and it grows with us rather than yeah. wait until we get to a point where we think we're successful and then mm. looking at what that insurance might need to be. Yeah, because then it's too late. Um, you need to do it prior rather than after because after can be often, as I said, late and a claim occurs and you're like, oh, we've got a problem here. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Absolutely. keep your insurance provider aware of what you're doing along, along the way. Yeah. That's the key. And so what are some of the common questions that you get when it comes to business insurance? Um. What do I need to be insured for? How much do I need to be insured for? Um, can I pay it by the month? Um, they're, they're the common ones um, we come across. Um, another key one is when it comes to your suppliers or licence agreements or things like that. Um, a lot of people have them, but not a lot of people have contracts in place that have insurance clauses in them. So if you've got um, a supplier um, and they incur a loss, uh, they incur a liability, you want to make sure that they've got insurance in place that is going to cover them. Because what happens to you over here? If they haven't got insurance, you're left hanging. So whenever you go into business with someone, make sure they've got you know the liability insurance, they've, they've got the stock covered, they've got the professional indemnity insurance, and then if they incur a liability, um, their policy will respond. Yeah, because we were talking about this recently as well, weren't we, around, mm. um, I guess, my VAs uh, yeah. and anybody else that I'm working That's with right. and what their insurance policies were, which, if I'm honest, I hadn't thought about. Mm. Um, so, so I think, once again, it's not just about us and our business, but mm. it's also just being aware that that's something you might need to ask or you do need to ask or you need yeah. to consider as well. Yeah, because your business, your insurance policies cover you for your business activities. It doesn't cover you for VA services. So if they incur a liability while they're doing their VA services, your policy is like, sorry, no, I can't help you. So that's why you need to make sure that the suppliers that you use um, have the insurances in place. And if they don't, we recommend you say, love what you do, but no won't go there because at the end of the day you're going to have the headache yeah. and, uh, and it's your business and that's what we're here to do we're here to protect your business and make sure nothing happens to it yeah okay now the majority or a lot of my community and the women that i work with are service-based businesses but obviously today what i really wanted to do was talk about both service and 
product-based businesses yep. uh, because, you know, I do have both in my community and I think it's important to understand both. And mm. I really kind of wanted to start at a base base level as well because sure. if there's a lot of people out there that don't have business insurance, they don't understand why they would have business insurance and what they need to cover, then I mm. thought it would be really great for us to actually do a little bit of a dive around service base and yep. a little bit of a dive around product base. So what are some of the key or top two or three types of insurances that you would recommend for a service-based business? Okay, so a service-based business is going to need professional indemnity insurance because they're putting themselves out there professional, they're giving professional advice and service. Um, if they neglect in that um, advice that they give, their client can incur a financial loss because of and therefore, they're going to have a claim made against them um, for compensation. So can you give me an example of that? So like what would, in what situation? So obviously I do corporate consulting. Yes. I've got that insurance as well. So for, it's, is it the advice that I give that? Correct. Okay. Yeah. So if, you, if, you, if the advice that you give is, um, you know, negligent, and you may be relying on the advice of someone else, um, you, you, you know, you've asked someone to perhaps research a particular aspect um, and you've delivered that to the client thinking that, you know, that is accurate and it's not. Your client makes decisions in their companies and they can incur a financial loss as a result. So they're going to come back to Susan and go, well, you know that advice that you gave us? We've actually found it to be incorrect and as such, the, the company has incurred a financial loss and we'd like you to compensate us for it. Okay. Um, another example would be, uh, and this is how, how, how it can get to, if you have, say you're a travel agent or a mobile travel lender. So what happened was they were a travel agent and they advised a client who was disabled um, that, yes, they have uh, the lovely resort that you're going to in Fiji does have disabled access um, and they cater. No problem. But the problem was that they didn't uh, allow for meals to be delivered to the room. She was unable to get to the restaurant. And the hotel manager went, no, nah, we're not going to do it. Wow. The problem was our client failed to tell her, yes, they do cater to people that are disabled, but they don't allow meals to be served in the room. So because our client didn't advise, um, that was a professional indemnity claim. Wow. So it can get to that or even say a travel ticket. So Suzanne, Ch uh, Suzanne Chadwick, if there's a spelling mistake when they're processing that ticket, it's wrong. That's also a claim. If I'm giving you advice and I say to you, oh, Suzanne, your insurance policy covers you for 20 million and the excess is 1,000, and the limit is actually 10 million with the excess of 5,000, that's a professional indemnity claim on me because it's breach of my pro professional duty. Right, okay. Mm. And so what other uh, types of insurance or service-based businesses? And so with that professional indemnity, is it, if you're giving, would you say if you're giving any advice to anybody in business, like where do you sort of draw the line as to where there could be a financial claim and where there isn't there? Be. Well, the, the line is what's general advice and what's professional advice. 
uh, general advice would be, oh, Suzanne, this blue shirt is going to look fantastic on you, right? That's general advice. Professional advice is um, if you're advising one of your corporate clients that this is the strategy that's going to take you to this place. They implement the strategy and that strategy is incorrect. They make decisions based on that. They could incur a financial loss. They haven't got the client. They've lost the client, lost the contract. So that's going to be your claim. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's how that works. So what other insurances should a service-based business also consider or look at? So a client comes to your office and you're doing your PowerPoint presentation. The client gets up for whatever the reason out of the chair and falls over your computer cable and hurts their leg. So that's public liability insurance. So though you will be uh, get a claim made upon you for compensation um, and most probably medical costs as well. So you need to, if you're out having meetings or people are coming to your office, um, whether that's in a coffee shop or wherever that may be, you need to have public liability to cover you for injury to a third party or to third party's property arising out of the business activity you do with corporate consulting. Yeah. Now, we were talking about this a while ago when I took up this insurance and I use a co-working space. Yes. And this is an interesting one because I was obviously assuming, well, if I'm running an event in a co-working space, then wouldn't I be covered under their insurance? And mm. the answer was no. No, you're not. No. <laughs> okay. no. Their, their liability policy covers them as the, you know, say property owner of a co-working space or their business activity is shared office space. Uh, the uh, client is uh, injured whilst they're attending your workshop. That's got nothing to do with the co-working space, has it? No, but yeah, I guess I assume that because they're on the premises. No. So if they were injured as a result of something to do with the, like say they, the co-working space was responsible for a particular thing in the office, say the reception area, um, and in that reception area um, they hadn't looked after something, something was in need of repair, um, a chair fell away and someone fell down, that would be their liability. But whilst they're in your workshop, if they injure themselves in that workshop and it has to do with your business activities, that is going to be your public liability claim. Yeah, which, is, which I just think is so important because so many women I know, we run events, we run workshops, we run training, mm. I have coaching sessions both mm. in my home but also at my co-working space. Uh, and, yeah, definitely wouldn't, I guess, have assumed at that point that uh, if I was in a public place that I would need to have that insurance. Yeah. Obviously, I do. But, yeah. um, but that's something that I think is really important for people to be aware of. Yeah, the other side, we've, we've covered the injury side, but say you're in your co-working space and you're having a workshop, what happens if you damage the building? That's covered under public liability insurance under your so, own public liability insurance yeah so it's not only injury to a third party person 
it's damage to third party property. So even if you have uh, a meeting in a, a coffee shop uh, and you, dam you may damage the premises inadvertently, you you're liable for that. Um, so even if they claim it on their insurance, their insurance company will come back to you and say, the premises were damaged as a result of what you were doing and as such, we're looking to you to reimburse us for that. And that would be your public liability policy. So they're the two aspects of public liability, damage to a person and damage to third-party property arising out of the business activities that you're doing. Mm. Yeah, and I guess the other thing, like I was saying, a lot of us uh, now have home offices Yes. where we do our business out of. Now, the majority of my work, I think I do more online, but I do have clients here and, and I am looking to also have some of our co-working days here now as well. Mm. Um, mm. Now, obviously, I'm covered with that, but it's just to be aware that if you are having anybody even in your home office, you need to be covered as well. Yeah, and it's a common misconception that a lot of people think that their home and contents policies are going to automatically cover them. There are a few policies out there that will cover some minor um, work from the home, but in general, um, the home and contents policies aren't adequate. If you're car carrying out business activities at your home, you really need to have a business policy um, that's going to respond the liability, but also um, the property, your, your computers and your whole office set up. Um, but some policies do have uh, cater for that, but most don't. So you need to read the fine print in your policy or speak to your insurance provider and get them to explain it to you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I just think it's important. I think one of the things that I really valued when we first started working together was that we really went through my whole business. It was, yeah. so Suze, where do you, where is your place of work? What do you do? Like when you're, no matter what product or service you're delivering, how are you delivering that? Where are you delivering it? What is the risk around it? And I think, uh, I think that that's a really great way to start is, you know, absolutely 100% is recommending of my community to speak to you because yeah. I think that actually having somebody asking you the right question yeah really allows you to minimise the risk that maybe you're covered for one thing but you really actually need to be covered for another thing. Because I feel like I think at the beginning I was covered for, uh, I think it was professional indemnity yes. but yeah. not public liability because I assumed that my contents insurance uh, would cover me if anybody had a fall in my home or anything like that. So once again I made an assumption uh, mm -hmm. which we were able to to correct. And yes. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, have a check out your home and contents policy. But you're right. It's it's looking at look at the big picture. Uh, you look at your business. Um, is your business a sole trader? Is your business a PTY limited? Is it a partnership? Uh, what are all your business activities? So, and why I say that is because say cor corporate um, consultant. Okay, what does that actually entail? So get the detail in, in there and then no insurer can ever come back and say, well, you didn't tell us. Um, so that is a really important aspect to make sure that the legal entity is there and that's correct. 
um, and that the business activities are correct. Uh, and equally, um, worker compensation. If you're a PTY LTD, uh, legislation states, um, even if you're a sole director of the company, that you're required to have workers' compensation. Uh, and with workers' compensation, there's only a couple of variables. It's uh, the business activities and the wages. And, or, and uh, to define that, matters taken, um, items taken in lieu of wages. So if you go and buy yourself an Aston Martin instead of taking wages, that needs to be taken into account with your workers' compensation because directors will often say, oh, but I take directors' drawings, so it's not wages. Well, in the eyes of workers' compensation, it is. So you need to put those directors' drawings down as wages. Okay. Mm. Was there anything else around a service-based business that uh, you think is important? Yeah. Uh, if you have an e-commerce site, which a lot of service-based industries do, you need to have a look at um, your cyber. Um, so if you have an e-commerce site and you've got people subscribing, leaving details, financial and personal, um, the Privacy Act states that you have an obligation to make sure that that information is kept secure. If someone hacks your site, um, or an email is sent to the wrong place with confidential information on it that it shouldn't have, shouldn't have, you're responsible for that. And a client can come back and say, well, actually, you've given details that you shouldn't have and we would like to be compensated for that. So if you're starting from the ground up, it's really important that your website is locked up very tightly. Um, and you get it done by someone that's very experienced that knows what they're doing. A lot of people go, oh, well, it's only really big corporations that get hacked. And the reality is that it isn't because it's so much easier for them to get into small enterprises because their security is found wanting. So if you uh, do have a small business and you've got an e-commerce website, um, have a look at uh, cyber security and when you send emails you have the same liability but just be mindful of of those things and put the protocols in your office in place um, to, for people to follow and that if a cyber breach does happen um, you've got guidelines and procedures to minimize it because nothing will bring down a company quicker than a cyber breach because if people's information is stolen or compromised uh, no one is going to go near you. Yeah, really interesting. So this is something that I've recently done where we've just updated my policy for cyber security because I was always selling my tickets through a third-party yeah. um, platform, which was Sticky Tickets or Eventbrite, and recently I brought all of that onto my site using a plugin called WooCommerce. So yeah. e-commerce is really any payment that goes through your site. So whether it's for an ebook, a ticket to a workshop, you're selling a product, whatever it is, uh, that's pretty much what it falls under e-commerce. Uh, and so we've just updated my policy because mm. that's been a change in my business to ensure that if my site was ever hacked, then yeah. I've got insurance cover for that as well now that I'm taking payments through my site. Yeah. Yeah. But also, uh, it may not necessarily be payments. Um, a lot of people will say, you know, um, subscribe and you'll get the first six pages of their latest book offering. 
Well, they're subscribing left private details, which can be hacked. Yeah. So it's not necessarily a monetary thing. It's just that if you're in possession of information that belongs to someone else. Which at the end of the day, the majority of us are because it's just part of our business. So I guess my question with that as well is that if I've got a CRM, obviously mm. hosted by another organisation, then where does the liability sit? Is it still sitting with me? Well, if you have a, C a CRM uh, in place and that's a third party, it's still going to sit with you because, you. Um, well, if it's sitting on their platform and their platform is hacked, um, that will be consideration for them. Um, but if it's sitting on your system, it's going to be a consideration for you. Yeah. So, you know, if you're using a CRM, external CRM, you need to make sure that they have the insurances in place that if their system gets hacked, your clients are going to be looked after yeah. as well. Absolutely. Uh, so let's maybe move on to product-based businesses then. Was there anything else around service-based businesses that you think we should be aware of? Well, it, it, it can be endless. I, I think the important thing is, though, it's about looking at your business and looking at how you can stop anything happening rather than an insurance policy because often those little things go a long way and if you have them in place and you do need insurance, they often can minimise the costs as well. Because obviously you're a preferred risk to an, to an insurance company. Um, so I would have a look at, you know, your agreements with suppliers, your agreements with um, employees if you have any, um, and things like that. And get a solicitor to draw them up. I know a lot of people do cut and paste on the computer. Um, I wouldn't advise that. We see them all the time. Um, they've got big holes in them everywhere. A common one is they'll, they'll say that um, it's US dollars. They forget the... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so obviously the whole thing's, you know, goes yeah. out the window. But employers' contracts, suppliers' contracts, anyone you deal with, get them drawn up, get them locked up, um, and also make sure that you've got evidence of their insurances in place. And if they don't... Love you, but can't use you. Yeah. So let's move on to product-based businesses. What are a couple of things that product-based businesses might need to think about that might be different to a service? So uh, we need to look at uh, covering our stock. Uh, we've got our stock in a logistics centre or wherever we happen to store it. If that stock's lost, in you know nine times out of ten for small business, there goes your profit because you've got nothing to sell at all. If you've got... Stock a logistics centre, in storage, anywhere. Uh, make sure you have the appropriate property insurance for stock. Now, that'll cover things like uh, fire damage, impact damage, forklifts are very good for that, uh, water damage, smoke damage, theft. That's your um, profit. You need to cover it. So so just with that, say that I'm a business and I'm at home and I'm making earrings or something like yeah. that and I've got hundreds and hundreds of earrings, is that covered under my um, home and contents insurance? No, um, your home and contents policy is designed to cover your domestic property. You know, your clothes, your furniture, your carpets, your curtains, all that type of stuff. That is stock in trade. That's your inventory. That's your business. So you need to have an appropriate business policy to cover it. It would be excluded under a home and contents um, policy. So have some property insurance 
for that that covers um, the items that we've just mentioned. Um, that's and then if it gets stolen, you'll be able to you know get that stock that inventory back um, and continue on. You can also buy um, loss of profits cover. Um, so if a loss does occur, uh, fire, um, you can't trade anymore. That reduction in turnover can be covered as well. Is there anything else that loss of profits would apply to? Is it just if you lose stock or? No. So if you have, if you have an office and that office has a fire or sprinklers go off uh, and you can't trade, obviously you're going to have reduction in turnover. So that reduction in turnover is covered for that period of time. You might not have to move out for two weeks and um, all that trade that comes by or you can't have meetings, uh, you can't, you, you know, you've got no computers or whatever the case may be, um, there's going to be a reduction in turnover. So that can be covered by lost profits or known as business interruption um, insurance. Um, and you might incur additional costs because you have to go to a shared office space or temporary uh, premises whilst your premises are being uh, reinstated to what they were prior to the loss um, occurring. So if you're in business, that is definitely one to have um, as well if you have premises. But, you know, you can also, um, if you have machinery and things like that, reduction of... Um, production but I don't think that's relevant to you guys is it no 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 that's fine but I mean we've got if we've got somebody who uh has a product-based business and they have premises where they're keeping you know stock they've got people working for them that sort of thing then obviously yeah all of that would be very important yeah if, if you have um if you're doing manufacturing and part of the manufacturing line goes down as a result of water damage, fire, impact damage, things like that. But you can ensure for that re the reduction um, in turnover because that machinery is not working. Yeah. Um, so that's, all, that's also an option. But I find uh, with women in business, manufacturing is often done offshore um, these days. Um, and for those that do do it, you need to make sure, again, that you've got the contract in place with that manufacturer um, offshore. And we also recommend that um, you appoint an external independent quality control person as well. Um, the goods coming out of some locations overseas don't meet standards and, and they have to meet standards to bring them into the country. Yeah. Uh, and if by chance they do get into the country and they don't meet standard, and you have a claim and it's a product liability claim and it, it didn't comply, it wouldn't be covered anyway. Yeah. So, you know, it's your business. You, you want it to continue. So it's important that, you know, that standard's maintained and relying on the manufacturer's quality control um, is being proven not to be adequate. So get your own quality control people in there just to um, check that the quality of the product is as it should be. Yeah, absolutely. Is there anything else that product-based businesses need to think about? Ah, transit insurance. Uh, so if transit you, insurance. Yep, so if you're shipping um, goods around Australia, you're exporting or you're importing goods, um, if something happens whilst they're in transit, 
um, you want to be covered for that because that's your inventory. That, you know, you are not going to be able to trade if you if you don't have your um, your stock. So that's definitely um, worth considering. Um, products liability. If you're um, manufacturing, um, your products can you can incur a liability deriving out of your products. If that product causes injury to a person. Um, if you uh, have a child um, and a child accidentally swallows a button off a shirt or a toy or something like that, that will be a product manufacturer product manufacturer's claim um, because obviously something hasn't been um, sewn on correctly. It could be design fault or lots of lots of reasons. But if you're manufacturing product, you absolutely need to have products liability insurance. Wow. It's interesting, isn't it? Because when where's the line between, say, uh, manufacturers, you know, fault where a button comes off or something happens, and wear and tear? Like, is it a length of time? Is it like how do, how do they decide whether it's the manufacturer's fault or not? Well, it will it will do, it'll be the circumstances to which it happened. Okay. Um, so. Children's products are notorious uh, for products liability claims um, and toys and things like that. So uh, rattles um, and jewellery, which are now teething rings, they're, they're, they're all things to um, look out for. Um, and if a child swallows something, that is going to be absolutely devastating, uh, um, both to yourself, the party that it's happened to, and also the livelihood of your company yeah. because, you know, it's, with social media, uh, it'll get out there and no one is going to buy your product. So in the unfortunate event that you do have a product liability claim, you want to be able to have the public relations in place um, and you want to be able to compensate the party um, that's um, inc incurred that um, unfortunate incident. Mm. Well, great. Um, well, Louise, I think that that is really helpful. I think it's a good start. I mean, I know it's that there's so <laughs> much more to business insurance and what you do and all of the different moving parts so that, you know, every business is going to be completely different and I understand mm. that. Um, so I mean, I, where can people find you? Because I really think that having the conversation with somebody who mm. understands uh, all of those moving parts is kind of the best first step rather mm. than trolling through. I think, I think way back when, when I started looking at insurance, I went online and I was looking at so many different things and I really was just like, I have no idea what I'm looking for. Like I generally know, but I'm not 100% sure, which mm. is why I would just so recommend somebody to come and speak to you about that. So mm. where can they find you? Uh, they can locate us on bifw.com.au. Um, all our contact details are there. We're on all the socials um, as well. Or just give us a call. Um, we take phone calls all the time from women in business. Um, and really it's just a, a journey of discovery, finding about their business, how we can stop things happening to it. Uh, and often if they put a few little things in place, it can help immensely. Um, it's not all about the insurance product. Um, it's more about looking after the client and their business. Yeah, and I mean, like I said, um, I've been working with you for a little while now and I think what prompted this podcast 
uh, interview as well is that recently you called me and you said, Suze, your policy is coming up for renewal. Um, and you asked me a whole lot of questions about if my business had changed and what had happened. And, mm. and then we obviously updated the cybersecurity uh, piece of the policy. Mm. Um, and I just really felt like you were so consultative and it wasn't just about sending me paperwork to re-sign for another year. Mm. It was really about has my business changed? Is there anything you needed to know? Was there an opportunity to go back and get a better policy or mm. better rate for me? Um, which I just so appreciated because it's that it's just not something that we're focused on. So yeah. to have somebody as part of your business team who focuses on that for you, I just think is really invaluable, and I I just really appreciated it. Oh, thank you. I mean, we're all um, specialists in what we do. You, you're good at what you do. I do insurance. You know, someone else does imports. Someone else does manufacturing, yeah. and um, I think if we all pull on these resources, it's only for the benefit of our companies, which is really what it's all about. Yeah, amazing. Well, thank you so much for your time today. We'll have all of the links below so that uh, any of my community or any listeners can come and find you and give you a buzz and have a chat. I just really can't recommend you highly enough. But, yeah, today's information has been awesome and I really appreciate it. It's my pleasure. Well, that's another podcast for another week. I hope you enjoyed that. I really do recommend you contact Louise if you have questions about your business insurance, you're not sure exactly what to do because it is just so important that you're covered. Whether you run an online business, a physical product-based business, or you are providing services to clients, no matter what you're doing, as a woman in business, you need to have business insurance because you don't want to wait till you actually need it to figure out the fact that you should have got it earlier. <laughs> so I hope that you enjoyed that. I always love bringing you topics that I think are really going to help you to build your business brand and bottom line. Now, if you want to find out more, make sure you head over to theconnectionexchange.com and sign up or check me out on Facebook at Suzanne Chadwick TCX or on Instagram, of course, at The Connection Exchange underscore and i'll catch you on our next podcast have an awesome week and i'll speak to you soon